welcome to another segment of Table Talk with Sal. And today, we have a very special person in the building. Pedro, get the motherfucking clap machine ready, bruh. We have a fucking special person in the fucking building, big dog. <laughs> it's C, bruh. We have a very <laughs> fucking special person on the party today, bruh. <laughs> on the party, man. On the party, bruh. And he goes by the name Jeremiah Nation. <sighs> Sorry. Hit, hit, hit him with the motherfucking. Oh, shit. You got to hold it down, bro. <laughs> Fuck, dog. Holy shit. <laughs> My bad, This bro. janky, fucking janky ass shit happening right now, dude. <laughs> Sawdy. Fucking gnarly. Fucking party, dude. <laughs> yeah, bro. <it's>, uh, <laughs> I just think it's completely fucking hilarious that you got me to do push-ups. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he got me. To, he, I called him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Fuck dog, me. get your swell on, you fucking veteran. Yeah, he. he I love you. Got your shirt here. It's proud veteran homeowner. Is like, where's mine? I guess a proud veteran and homeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds pretty right. Proud <laughs> veteran, veteran and addicted to fentanyl. Oh, oh fuck. Sorry, dude. it's true. Well, they, they have to <laughs> wage war somehow, right? Yeah, they got to get rid of us somehow. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> Proud <laughs> veteran, are. homeless, and disappointed by my government. Uh, oh. yeah. Right now, Just we for are now. troubling times. Why I say troubling times? Because we're not getting no more COVID checks, bro. <laughs> Dude, okay, let me just come out and say it now that we're through this shit and I can say it finally. Yeah. COVID might have been the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It was the greatest time of my life. Hey, if, hey, hey, They're like, oh, you can't come to work anymore. Here's $700 a week. Take your kids to the beach. Stay home. <laughs> Bond with your children. Have some time. Oh, and then, a, and then a year and a half later, be like, oh, now it's time to go back to work and eat shit. Uh, but I love my kids now. Oh, <laughs> I used to not fuck with them. <laughs> I used to not even know their names. But now I think one of them starts with a J or some shit. Yeah. Now we're homies, dude. Cool. <laughs> He's fucking I taught awesome. him to swim and shit, dude. It was fucking cool. The only reason he knows how to swim is because I threw him in the river trying to get rid of yeah. him, right? <laughs> Moses did it. You can too. <laughs> oh, was that the Old or New Testament? Who cares? Fuck. Yeah, you're right. They're all dead. Oh, you're right. Praise. Uh-uh. Yeah, do <laughs> <laughs> right. Right now we're in uh, troubling uh, times. You it. can You're feel about to get canceled. Oh, dude, already, dude. Bro. Canceled by one of them, one of the sides. No oh, man, so polarized now. It's so all crazy, dude. Now. You know what? I'm just glad. No, I ain't gonna say. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad everybody's killing babies. Isn't that equality? Oh, Isn't that I, what, what I'm saying, dude. At least we're yes. all killing babies, and really, at the end of the day. Isn't that what we want, just to kill babies? Uh, well, we need the adrenaline, adrenochrome somehow, yeah, we right? Yeah, <laughs> the adrenaline. We gotta thin that pop, dude. <laughs> what? We gotta thin that pop, thin that population, dog. Oh, that's fucking sick. Thin it dude. down, dude. Thin the pop down. Oh man. <laughs> Do you think? Uh, well, I don't even think, man. Don't even think about this. I'm setting the scene. How's it going, guys? Sorry for interrupting your episode of Table Talk with Sal, but I have some. Important information right now. I just want to say thank you for listening to Table Talk with Sal. And if you're looking to upgrade your living situation with a customized rug, look no further. I have you. Well, Mud has you. Check them out. You could you could see their work in my podcast. Yeah, my logo in the background, that's actually a tufted rug. I loved it so much, I had to get it off the ground and hang it up on the wall. The craftsmanship on this rug, it's nice. I love it. Big shout-outs to Mud Rugs. Go check them out on Instagram. Get your own custom rug made, or they have some already pre-made, ready to ship. Use Table Talk with Sal code TTWS for a little special discount price. Check out that rug. Wow, that's a tufted rug. All right. Back to the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Anything. Except making babies. I'm elite at that. 
<laughs> no, nah, dog, you just can't pull out, right? I got six kids with four baby mamas, dog. There's the one thing I'm good at. It's two, four. Yeah, for I'll real. I'll build a uterus inside you, dude. My sperm are like the CBs of fucking sperm, dude. They will build a uterus in an empty woman and create a baby. Jeremiah, man, you're fucking on it, bro. If you did it, let me just give you some fucking <laughs> props, bro, because you've 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 cut weight, bro. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, you've cut weight, and I can see that translating into your energy levels, bro. That's it, dude. It's uh, it's a meth addiction. <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy to do. It's just it becomes severely addicted to crystal methamphetamine. You might have to suck a few dicks. Oh yeah. But the weight's dropping off me, baby. I'm looking good. I'm feeling good. I'm losing teeth, and life is good. <laughs> you gotta cut the pound somehow, dude. Gotta get there, man. Oh. No, I. You know, I, I used to run uh, marathons and shit. I used to run a lot, and uh, then I, you know, I hurt my leg, and and a little bit, and I went through a divorce. Mm. So I wasn't running for a while, but I kept that calorie intake, and so you just start getting fucking fat. You know? Yeah. And then once you get so fat, like I never thought I would be there, but once you get so big, um your like quality of life changes and you can't just go run and work out and drop it dude like you 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 go a block and your fucking body's aching and you hurt and your back hurts and you fucking can't wipe your ass anymore you know what i mean no, and like jesus well yeah and so it, it really is debilitating man so you, yeah. you i had to get to a point where i had to go okay if i don't fix this now i'm gonna die in a wheelchair you well, know what i mean i'm gonna yeah. lose legs i'm gonna die in a fucking wheelchair i'm gonna grow around a chair and die you know what i mean yeah and so yeah about eight months ago i think it was when i decided to record my special nice i was like i don't want to look fat on fucking tv yeah <laughs> on, on you know the television and so i started doing keto hardcore and uh strict i do less than 20 grams like some sometimes less than 10 grams a day of carbs holy fuck yeah and i eat a lot of fucking meat and fat and stuff vegetables and then uh once i dropped like you know about 40 pounds then i was able to start getting into the gym again oh, without okay. feeling my body hurt so now i do like uh circuit training you know i'll just go through twice a day and i'll do like you know pull-ups with a curl bar like or, or curls with a with a bar like 60 pound you know mm. i'll do like sets of 15 to 20 and, okay. and then i'll do uh push-ups of sets of 20 and then i'll do squats and then i'll do you know another tricep workout and then i'll rotate through those like six times and then Holy that's a, i do that less than an hour that's a workout yeah you're you're you must be moving yeah, yeah you're 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 moving and grooving but since i started know. doing that the weight's dropping even more so i've lost like 70 pounds to date nice yeah. was it just a extra bit the best the best part is being able to see my dick again oh dude, yeah because i forgot how pretty it was ah! <laughs> oh, dude, you, you just... know i'm like oh god damn you're beautiful <sighs> Mister? Hey there, buddy. <laughs> I've seen you in years. Rise and shine. Hey, dude, honest question, bro. Whenever you were that big and you were fucking, mm -hmm. would you hold your belly up? Like, I'm not I'm not trying to be funny. Well, like, would, would I you, hold it up? Or would you, like, would it? No, you just, you, just blend, you just lay it over her. Oh. And then you get in and you fucking do your magic. I swear to you, dude. I've heard I, I, that to be honest with you, I wasn't exactly running through it. I wasn't running the jewels, right? You know, when I was fucking that big, dude. I mean, I had a couple of chicks that I dated that, you know, I'm sure it was not as pleasurable. For <laughs> 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 but they were thinking for the team. <laughs> <laughs> they think for the team. You know, yeah. But I was a nice guy. <laughs> He's a nice good. guy. This guy will listen to you whenever you fucking He'll want. He'll fucking it. listen to you cry about your problems. All day. You can't fucking trust him. Look at his fucking. Look at this. Daddy. Look at this punum. <laughs> Ooh, I like what? What is it called? Punum face. Punum. 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 Oh, I, I thought the mustache had his uh, a bigote. But isn't that a a certain style when the the sides are curled up? And, and I don't. Yeah, there's a name for it. I don't know what it is. Queer, faggot. <laughs> 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 Sorry, dude. It's some title I wear with pride. <laughs> I, well, and I support you. Thank you. I figured I was called it all through high school. Anyways, I might as well own it. <laughs> oh, yeah, handlebar. handlebar. There you go. Pedro, 
It suits you, bro. I can see why you would want a handlebar yeah. on your <laughs> face, Doc. It's whatever I can do to hide my face. Right? Yeah. Uh, oh. So, no, no, no. But I want to go back to it, dude. So, you would really lay your belly on top of her? What is this, the Howard Stern shit? Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. Yeah, how do you fuck, dude? Tell me all about it. I just need to know this. I'm here to fucking. Prom- I'm here to promote my comedy special. He's like, what makes you get hard? What do you fuck? Are you willing to fuck me? I'm so alone right now. I need to feel something to feel alive. Uh, I just need to feel some of that Jeremiah special, yeah, buddy. I would, <laughs> I, would take it, I would take it like a sack of potatoes, and I would drop it on her back. Because I wouldn't let her look at me. I'd, I'd do her from oh, behind because so she didn't hot, deserve dude. this. You know? <laughs> she can hold on to your fucking handlebars. Huh? That's well, fucking pull out and I'd finish on her back, and I would say, that'll do, pig. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as an alpha, because I'm a gentleman. Should. I'm a gentleman. Nah, dog, you're a fucking, you're an alpha gentleman, bro. As in the words of my dear friend Tony Martins, I I like to put their face in a urinal, oh man, fuck them from behind and spit in their hair when I'm done, because I'm a gentleman, and that's what they deserve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, fuck I hope yeah. you have a lot of listeners who are gonna hate me for this. Uh they better take it, dude. Take it. It's your it. special. It's Jeremiah's special. So, as we know, Jeremiah began his journey in adulthood as a military police officer in the Marine Corps. Yep. Hoorah. Then, what? I served in the Marine Corps. uh, I served on the um, security detail for uh, Marine One. Nice. It was the president's helicopter. And so I traveled everywhere where the president went. So I worked like the last two years with Clinton and then the first two years with Bush. So it's just all over the place, dude. Oh, I was the guy that saluted when they got on and off the helicopter, which is a really easy fucking job to do. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but we had to be everywhere the president went. Yeah. Just in case we needed to transport, we would transport him. And so, I mean, when Clinton was in office, I was I spent a lot of time overseas. I spent some time in India, Southeast Asia, you know, Macedonia, Kosovo, Germany, fucking all over, dude. How how often were you able to fuck off? Oh, it was all, dude, it was the best. Because we would work like eight-hour shifts, and then we'd have 24 hours off. What? Dude. So then you're just like, okay, where can I drink until I black out? <laughs> and you're drinking in other countries where, like, your dollar goes a long yeah. way, dude. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of memories and a lot of memories I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the military. I was an honestly. animal too. I don't know, you know. I was an animal. Yeah. I mean, I was work hard, play hard, dude. Oh, of course. You know? So, uh, so you how 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 many years did you serve? Four years. Four years. Oh, dude, you did a sick contract then. Nice. It was a cool. little quick, quickie. After that, what happened? Well, then I decided to get. It. I decided to leave. So I was at the the DC area, the Pentagon on nine eleven, and that was kind of like. You know, one of those days where I was like, I, you know, I had my, my twins were only like six or seven months old at the time, and they were back here in California. And I, I was standing, I remember, on a flight line in D.C. with an M16 in my hand. And I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? You know? Hell. <laughs> I'm going to shoot a plane out of the sky with a fucking M16, dude? But what the fuck am I doing here? So I was like, I should be at home with my kids in California to protect them in case this happens there, you know? And like. So that's when I decided I wasn't going to re-enlist. And I came back to California, and then I, uh, I went to the police academy, and I went into law enforcement, and uh, I spent some time doing that, and that was not something that was for me, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You know, I respect police officers and what they have to go through, but it just wasn't for me. And so then I, I left law enforcement, and I didn't really know what I was going to do, so I just started bartending. Okay. And uh, found out I can make a living doing that and still chase my dreams, which were to write. I wanted to be a writer. And um, so I, I wrote short fiction for like 10 years and submitted to different publications. And wow. some some things got published and others got most things got rejected. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard life for a writer. Yeah, it's hard, man. Hard, writing is one of the hardest uh, art, art forms to break into because, I mean, you have to submit, and the people you're submitting to are also writers, and they hold themselves to the, uh, the you know, they all think they're the, you know, it's just like, 
Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, in the it's the very mi- the battle of the fucking minds, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not more intellectual than I. Yeah, am. Yeah, this isn't yeah. you know that you yeah. know so, uh, and so I did that, and then uh, I had a roommate who was also a writer, named Jeff Wallace, mm. and he started um, he started doing stand up comedy. Okay. At open mics and stuff, and and uh, you know, for me, he 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 was uh, it was like. I couldn't imagine him doing comedy at the time. It was like, oh, the idea was just because I I just had this overwhelming stage fright. Oh, okay. Like I tried to give a speech once at a wedding and I threw up. Holy like, fuck! Like I I was just overwhelmed with fear, and so, which is funny because, yeah, when I graduated boot camp, uh, the last night in boot camp, my, my drill instructor we had a roast of our drill instructors. Yes. Yeah. You did you guys do that too? Yeah, we did that too. Yeah. And so I just went through just fucking destroying my drill instructors dude and everyone was dying and at the end my my lead drill instructor came up to me and he goes listen if i don't see you on saturday night live in 10 years you're a fucking failure and i was like oh but that said i could never get over the fear of getting it on stage and performing like and the fear of rejection you know yeah and so uh my roommate jeff had been doing um comedy for some months and finally, we were drinking one night together, and he was like, hey, I'm going to go to this open mic in Clovis, okay. know, Fresno, yeah. at Grog's Irish Irish Pub. And uh, he's like, you should come along and check it out. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, it was buzz good. And at this time, I'd been bartending for like 10 years. And so, you know, I had not written jokes, but I had some bits that I would just... Just toss around. Fuck around with my customers yeah. to make them laugh, you know? Yeah. Oh, you had you were in the perfect setting to just like, I mean, you always knew that you were funny. You had a perfect setting to bounce. Yeah, and, and there was nothing to be nervous about. Yeah, exactly. It was in a natural setting. It was uh, easy to be yourself when you're the bartender and everybody loves you. Yeah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> you know? yes. And so I showed up uh, with him, and I was getting ready to watch him uh, do his set, and he came up to me and he goes, "Hey, I just want you to know, I put you on the list, and you're next." Wow. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck, dude? Yes. No. And he and he looks at me and he goes, hey, you're a Marine, right? Yes. And I go, yes. And he goes, are Marines pussies? And I was like, fuck you, dude. You cocksucker. Yes. Oh, what a good uh, fucking yeah. friend, dude. So I went on stage and I, uh, I told my first joke, uh, which was something I had just... It was a commentary I had made with a friend of mine. About, we were watching this, uh, <laughs> the history channel. You know, one thing I used to get do was I'd, I'd like to drink. Yeah. And then, I'd, you know, you wake up the next day and you're hungover. And you're laying on the couch drinking this big thing of water. Yes. You know? yeah. And I would spend my whole day watching. Remember, you used to just watch the history channel. And they would do like four hour blocks about the Civil War. Oh, my and shit like that. You know, and I learned a lot because I yeah. love history. You know, it'd just be like four hours about Abraham Lincoln or some shit, right. you know, and you'd learn. But then it got to the point to where they started having these weird, like, tre- like you know, treasure wars and just these weird dumb shows that were nothing about history. Yeah. But I remember once there was a, a show I was watching about a, a insane asylum. And uh, they were interviewing this lady that they called they called her a paranormal expert. You know, Parano- okay, okay. Like, that's okay. even a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. An expert. So she goes, they're interviewing this lady, and she goes, yeah, so there's a lot of ghosts in this insane asylum. Because <laughs> back in the 70s, they used to have a lot of retarded people here, and they don't know how to cross over. And I was like, what the, <laughs> the fuck, fuck did she just say? Bitch, what? You know? So that's what I told my. That was my first joke I ever yeah. told. I was like, "What the fuck? Yeah. Are you saying, lady? Like, all dogs go to heaven, but retards can't find the door? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a killer. Oh. And then I was like, I like to think that it gives hope to the parents of retarded kids because at least one day they get to leave and go to heaven, and now we're stuck with their problem. You know. Killed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And I mean, that's terrible. That's a terrible joke. Uh, it's bad. All bad, but it was the first joke I ever told. And when I was telling this joke, there were two guys sitting at the bar top near the stage, and they had just been shitting on all the comics all night. Uh, you know how that goes. Yes. I'm sure you bomb a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the craft. So then, yeah, so then I, uh, <laughs> I t- as I'm telling that joke, uh, the two guys just turn around and stare at me and just start cracking up laughing, dude. And it, for me, that was like the 
first like trying heroin for the first time. You know what I mean? That was just like, I got him. I got him. I won these guys over. This is it. This is what I was supposed to do with my life, dude. Like, this is my calling. And ever since then, I haven't stopped, man. I, I the immediately the the fucking I'm not gonna say the nerves went away, but the stage fright definitely disappeared. Okay, good. Yeah. You know, and now I've got, I've done it for so many years that when I go on stage, uh, you know, you you the great thing about comedy is the more you do it, the more comfortable you get on stage. The more comfortable you get on stage, the more yourself you can be. You're not being something else. You're genuine, and you are yourself. You're just your natural, comfortable self. You trust in yourself to be funny. So once you get there, the comedy gets really fun because, you know, you're like you're doing your shit, your material. But in your head, your inner dialogue, you're two steps ahead. So you're always ahead of the audience, which makes crowd work fun. Everything's just more fun Mm -hmm. when you when you believe in yourself. It's just like, um, yeah. So that's what that's when I started doing comedy. And then I just and then I, I started doing open mics with that guy, Jeff Wallace. He's down in L.A. now. Uh, we started doing an open mic in Tulare, nice. and in a venue called Happy's. It was a little dive bar in a big fucking basement, uh-huh. and uh, we did that for about a year and a half. And then they were closing, and we're like, "Ah, oh, man!" So we all put our money together in a pot, and we decided to open our own bar in that same location. Oh, and so we opened a place that was called Barmageddon oh. in Tulare. So you were the original owner of Barmageddon? Yep. Yeah, myself uh, and, a, and a couple of other people, musicians and comics. Matt oh. Samke, Matt Stahl, shout out, you know. Yeah. Um, Elena, Macbeth, uh, you know, I mean, all of us just, I, I referred, I used to refer to us as a bunch of gutter punks, dude, that just didn't deserve to have what we had, you know. We just <laughs> put all of our money in a pot and we made it happen for like 40 grand. I mean, for cheap, dude. Yeah. And it was a place that had, like, video games. Like, we had every generation of home game, like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, PlayStation, Xbox, you know, pl- all that. And on TVs all around the bar. So you could sit at the bar, drink, play video games, every generation. We had arcade games in there. We had an air hockey table, pool tables, fucking foosball, all that shit. And then we had a big stage with a uh, great sound system, next level sound system. And so I started producing shows there. And that's when I really was able to, connect myself to you know uh bigger scenes like la and mm-hmm. up north sacramento bakersfield you know i yeah. connected with uh, a guy named bruce gray in bakersfield who's one of my dearest friends in comedy i love him he works at the comedy store now oh, wow, nice. um he started basically started the scene in bakersfield you know oil city he, he uh he, he was the one of the founders of that whole thing and and so and then i got connected to um people in L.A. like uh, Keith Ray and and uh, um, Keith Carey and Connor McSpadden, all these uh, uh, Frank Castillo, Anna Valenzuela, very funny people that were uh, Olivia Grace. I'm, I'm gonna miss, but they were all doing the um, the Jeff Ross roast battle show and stuff like that on Comedy Central, and they were doing the roasts at uh, at um, the Comedy Store, and then they would come up here and they would almost for nothing just for the stage time dude they would come up and mm-hmm. and do you know headline for me on my little shows at barmageddon and that really built built a it was like really magical time for for me was that because we would fill that room with you know 100 people and we would just the energy in that basement was just next level dude and it was all these great young comics that were writing for the comedy central roast they were writing for david spade i mean they were just you know these guys and then they put me in touch with other guys that I have I've had the privilege of working with, like um, Brett Erickson, who was uh, part of Andy Andrus. They were all part of this old documentary. They they were like, uh, you know, worked with Doug Stanhope a lot back okay. in those days. And they had a documentary called The Unbookables, the Unbookables. which followed them around in a tour, you know. Oh, I've heard It's a great that. fucking yeah. movie. I highly suggest yeah. it. Sean Rouse is in it, and he, he passed away a couple years ago. He had uh, some, you know, I mean, multiple MS or something like that. But um, he, he was one of the dirtiest and funniest comics I've ever oh, seen in my life, dude. Fuck, I'm um, dirty comedy. Yeah, he was uh, great. I'm not going to try to ruin his bits by doing any of them, but I mean, highly recommend checking him out. So then I got connected with these people, which really opened up a lot of other doors for me. And then when I was going through my divorce, I was like, you know, I I, I, I need to. I need to focus on other things, my kids, my family. 
And so I sold my shares to the bar and I, I started focusing on that. But that also, you know, I spent about four years hosting three, four shows a week sometimes. Wow. And uh, when you're hosting, that's a different level of comedy. You don't really get to nurture your comedy as much because you got to go up. You have to do a little bit of material. You never really get to practice your material. You're just introducing people. Mm. And so you didn't really I didn't really get to grow as a, as a comic. I was a great host and people would always come up to me and be like, man, you're really funny. You should try comedy. And I'd be like, that's what I'm fucking doing, yeah. <laughs> you know? Fuck. And oh. so then when I left there, I was able to focus more on my comedy. Mm. And, and so that really changed everything for me, dude. You know, what's fucking sick, Jeremiah. I could like Czechoslovakian glory hole porn. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> it's a fact that, that like I'm talking to you and I'm getting to know your, your, your journey and seeing my journey kind of like through through you you know sure. like, because it, it's kind of similar like on in the in the path that I want to do because the way that I, that I saw I was all well, fuck dude I'm not going to get I, I mean I'm not getting booked I got booked by mm-hmm. Warren and after that I was dry dude and I was all I I want to get on stage I want to do it I want to have some fun yeah Porterville has nothing I, and it's well, that's the reason I started in Tulare was that yeah. we, there was no open mics for us. Exactly. So I had to create one in order to find myself the stage time that I needed to grow. Exactly. And then that's what I'm trying to do here, dude. You know, and what you got to do is you just got to find somebody else to host. Yeah. So that you can get up and practice your material. You yeah. Know? Well, that's the thing. It's like. I need to I need to get it off the ground, get it pushing and then. If I'm the host, I'm going to have to be. And also, back honestly, dude, the only way to do it is to get out on the road and practice. Yeah. You need to be going to other open mics because you need to get in front of different audiences. You need to learn. I'm um, really like, especially at your stage, dude, the most important thing you can do is learn how to be comfortable in front of people on stage. So it's just a matter of spending time, getting the minutes, getting the reps, yeah. getting up there and doing it. Your, your, your comedy, I mean, with all due respect, your comedy is going to be shit right now. It's not going to be anything you're going to want to do in two or three years. I'm not saying it's shit, but I'm saying you will look at it as that in three years. I can. You know what I mean? You're no, going to look back and go, yeah. "Oh, what was I doing?" One hundred. <laughs> I feel. I feel that now. Bro. Because the more yeah. you be, the more you become who you actually are on stage, the more you're going to realize who you weren't when you were doing that. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's really a matter of just getting out and doing it. Get on the road. I mean, comedy, dude. For me, in my experience, in ten years, has been you get out there. You drive, you take anything you can take. You take mm-hmm. any show you can take. I drive for three hours to a place in fucking Lancaster where there's six people that showed up that didn't even know there was a comedy show. Oh. They're just there because it's opening day of the Dodgers. You know what I yeah. mean? They don't want to, <laughs> they don't want to see comedy. And you got to go up and you got to do your shit and yeah. you got to win them over. Yeah. You know, and that's fucking cowboy shit, dude. That's fucking. That's awesome shit. You I, know? And that's the shit that I like. Road dog, man. You got to do it. That's the only way. If you just work in one club, you're you're cheating yourself. Yeah, you're gonna do well in front of your regular audience because they're gonna pander to you. Yes. You're not gonna get real feedback. You're not gonna be you gotta get in front of people who don't know you. And you need to learn how to read them and you need to learn how to make them laugh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's that's all it is, dude. It's like you, there's only one way to learn. And it's doing it. Right. It's doing it and I definitely felt that whenever I was uh, nobody can, nobody can teach you how to throw a curveball. You have to practice. Yeah, you know oh, what I mean, dude. Hell yeah, no one could teach you how to. You need hit to learn how to spin. Serve. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You got to wrap the. I can tell you, but the only way to learn is to do it. Yeah, exactly. You got to go up there and throw, as Coach says, thousands of balls. A lot of these guys get up on stage, and you know, after their first time, because the first time is just like a drug for everyone. Yeah. But then they just get this idea in their head that they're going to get discovered, you know, and they and, or they're going to go start this thing and then it doesn't work out right away. And then they're just <laughs> no, no. jaded. It's like nothing comes without hard work. Exactly. Nothing comes without hard work, you know. It, and, you know, that's the thing. It's just I know I know with me it's just the progression. It's being patient, but also not just sitting on my ass. You know, no, you have to do it. And you also really is is important is you have to listen to the people who know more. Yes. Take advice. Listen to the advice. Take it to heart. You know, I have a really good friend, uh, a comic friend, not, not a good. I mean, he's a guy I respect a lot in comedy that I love working with. 
Dave, David Yates. Yep, yep. Great guy. I was about to talk Very about Very funny, too. dude. Yeah. And he um, loves giving advice. And he's full of knowledge. He's all over the country. He's always on the road, you know, and I, and I, I think he's going to be, you know, very successful one day. Yeah. And uh, he, he's always willing to give advice. And he'll even tell me, you know, I give people advice and they never take it. They never listen. And he goes, and then I just don't even want to talk to them anymore. You know, because mm. it's like if you're going to ask me for something and not listen, you're wasting my time, you know. Well, that, it's it's important to listen to what people are saying and 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 practice it, you know. Well, we kind of like even we we. I'm had, talking to you specific. No, I'm no, just dude. No, 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 no. And <laughs> listen to me, mother. No, <laughs> bro. I I learned I, it was drilled into my head while I was a a soldier. Yeah. Is that you take everything you take everything from everybody and you learn what you like. Yeah. And you learn leadership. what you don't. Right. That's how you build a good leader. Yeah. Also, one thing that's helped me is like that military, the Marine Corps stuff, which is all, you know, discipline. So being able to recite things off the top of your head without even like I can still tell you the 14 leadership traits of the Marine Corps, you know. Oh, Jesus. Justice, judgment, decisiveness, integrity, dependability, tact, initiative, courage, knowledge, loyalty, endurance. Those are the 14 leaderships of a good Marine. Right. Off the top of my dome, because they they teach you to fucking recite things, discipline, right? So when I started doing comedy, even though I was afraid, I would just memorize my bits Mm -hmm. so that they were just scripted and memorized. Every punchline, every bit of it was memorized. So when I would go on stage and the adrenaline would take over and the fear would take over, I knew that no matter what, I was going to recite exactly what I had practiced. Yeah. So I remember one time I was having a panic attack in my head. I thought I was going to pass out. But the whole time I was just reciting word for word what I had planned. And nobody noticed, you know. And that was the first time where I was like, ooh, I could do this. You know, I could get better. So yeah. that that helped me a lot was like the ability. Like I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't fuck up and forget what I was saying in the middle of it and things like that. You know, like I would, I would be able to recite my bits and practice them and learn from them also recording yourself listening back paying attention to what you're listening back to and and another good piece of advice i like to give people um don't do the same thing at an open mic two weeks in a row if you're going to go back and do the same material make something different about it have listened to it edit it rewrite it work it you know what i mean cut trim some fat have something different about it each time you do it or else you're not learning anything yeah you know, a lot of people, they'll have a funny, you know, five minute set that they'll just keep going out and they, they just they know, OK, this is going to work for me. I'm just going to do that five minutes and go out and get the laughs that I really want. But you're not really getting better. You know what I mean? Because the jokes can get better. And that's why you have to do them different. And then you're going to start really seeing them have this like response. You know what yeah. I mean? I yeah, I, I definitely do, because, um, you know, that Korean joke that I that I use the KFC joke. Uh, I was doing it in London, and I had different punchlines for different ca- crowds. You yeah. Know? So London, well, the British are very different about comedy. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, definitely are very different. Yeah, but uh, that's why Bill Hicks, you know, he was loved in England. He was never as successful as he should have been in America, mm. but they loved him over there, man. And he's, you know, considered one of the greatest now. You know, it just takes time. And and then, like you said, traveling, get your getting the name out there and getting the reps and just building that muscle and that ability to know your crowd. Yeah, and there's also a lot of politics in comedy too. Yeah, I, I, and I just want to say thank you and I want to give you your flowers because you really do want to do this comedy shit. Because I asked you whenever I started hosting that, whenever I tried to start. Comedy at Landing Thirteen, I told you like come out do a set, dude, and then you did like, and then that shit to me was like. All right, good. And then I, I watched you, bro. I, I, I peeped it. I said, I saw you walk around the crowd, around the bar, looking what, what kind of the crowd was. And you did well, bro, for the people that, that were listening. Yeah, you get a feel for that. it. Dude. You exactly. look for what they're looking for. You listen to them. Yeah. Because they're talking to you. You know, mm-hmm. they're telling you what they want. You just got to listen. Yeah. And sometimes by, by the way they're not responding, you can tell what they want. You know, like sometimes you can see. The audience, you feel the energy. You know they're wanting somebody to take it there, you know, to get them mm-hmm. there, to, like, make them. And maybe, like, people are just holding back, you know, and you're like, 
give them what they want. You know, you can hear it. You can feel it. You know, like they're they're leaning forward and, and then it's not happening. And then you're like, OK, I got to bring it hard. I got to bring yeah. it heavy, dude. I got to come out throwing some haymakers, you know? Yeah. And then and then you can feel the at, when there's that kind of tension, you can feel it. In the room explode. You know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> Are you coming right now? <laughs> uh, you're just talking about all that energy, brother. Yeah, yeah. Brother. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Fuck yeah, dude. That wasn't weird. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is awesome, dude. So how long were you... How, how, how uh, many years did you put into this special, bro? Um, I mean, there's some material in it that I probably six to eight years been working on Fuck, so so and rewriting and reworking you know uh, a lot of material that i wrote and then i would put away and then i would come back to in six months and then rewrite and then put away and was never really right and then it then i would write other stuff and i'd be like hey that old joke fits perfect here now i know what to do with it you know so mm. there's an evolution to comedy dude. jokes take a long time some some and i mean you know i'm writing new material now and i'm finding it a lot easier to right than it was that back then i really love getting rid of a lot of this too as far as like getting it down recorded for posterity or whatever but being able to be like okay now i get to write new stuff you know because i for up six months before we recorded the special all i was doing was running that set yeah practicing that specific set mm -hmm. and and there you know you get to a point with with bits and sets like that where you know what's going to work and what's not going to work generally you know, I know when I go out there and do that 40 minutes, I'm going to get a pretty good response most of the time. Everybody okay. eats shit, you know. Yes. Most of the time I'm going to get it. So what, what's, what I love now is writing new material and not knowing yet. When I go on stage, that feeling again where I don't know what the response is going to be to this. That's exciting again. Um, I'm excited for that. But I'm very proud of what I, what I, what I, what I made. Uh, as far as I know... No other comic in the Central Valley has ever done anything like this, a special like this. So you know, I'm I'm saying from Bakersfield. I'm not trying to knock any of them, but nah, fuck that but shit. But dude, it's uh nah, fuck <laughs> all that shit, man. You heard it here first. Dang. Jeremiah Nation is stomping down. What Let's, is he doing, dude. bro? He's standing on business. Oh shit! <laughs> standing on business. Let's fucking jump him, dude. I'm yeah, down. Oh, Let's cool, fucking do man. it. Yeah, I'm down. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I, yeah, so I'm proud, man. Like, I, and I'm hoping that it it just kind of like motivates other local comics to start doing their own. You know, like yeah, because there's a lot of good comics out there that I'm really proud of having worked with and watched grow up with me, and I'm I'm like waiting for them to do it now because maybe this could be a blueprint for them to do it. You know, self produce a show, dude. Like I I had flew out a cinematographer from Chicago. He filmed it on, you know, four or five different cameras. We've been editing this for six months. It's all 4K. Oh, okay. Uh, so we recorded proper. it on four different audio devices, so we have a good audio selection. All that has been uh, post-production was done by one of my best friends, one of the guys that I own Barmageddon with. His name's Mad Samke. He's a very talented musician and a great editor. And, okay. And so he did all the editing for me, which is like taking all these different angles and all this different mm -hmm. sound, you know, mastering it, cutting it, uh, yeah, we've re-listened to this thing a thousand times and cut the fat off of parts that didn't work well, and just mm. and and made what I think is the best uh, comedy special that Central Valley of California has ever put out. I fucking love that, dog. And I'm excited, dude. I'm excited. And we're and we're releasing it live. By the way, uh, let me plug it. Plug it, bro. So we're releasing it on uh, Thursday, November second. We're doing it, it's a live release at eight eight p.m. Pacific time. So we're releasing it on YouTube. It's going to stream live so everybody can watch it at the same time, the premiere. There's going to be a, a group chat so you, they'll be able to get on there and chat and fucking they'll talk shit. Say whatever you want, yeah. dude. I can take it. Yeah. And then um, I'm also going to do a watch party for that at the brewery in Tulare, uh, Kawea Brewing Company on 1054 East Walnut Avenue. Hell yeah. That's going to the brewery's going to open up at six. We're going to have some food out there. We're going to have some live entertainment before the hand. And then um, we're going to kick off the view, the watch party out there. So there's beer, oh, fucking nice. craft beer. Yeah, it's $6 a pint. It's really good prices out there, too. Yeah. Do that for, for double IPA or, oh, you know, okay. yeah, for good fucking beer. You know, that's yeah. great. 
So we're gonna be doing that. So I'm I'm excited, dude. That next Thursday the release is coming. Yeah, Bro, I, am, I feel man. it, dude. I feel the energy in you. You're very pumped for this, dude. I like, dude. It. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. the it's the other than my children, it's the greatest thing I've ever created in my life. You know, oh, I'm very proud of it, dude. Dude, oh, dude, uh, I fucking. I mean, love I'm, you're that. gonna see, dude. When you see it, it's a very high quality special, dude. Uh, I'm really, really proud of it. Oh fuck I, yeah! I, I, you know, I know. Uh, it's probably more blue than a lot uh, of people like. You know, uh, uh, some people don't like. You know the kind of edge that I bring, but, um, you're going to have, you're going to have to respect what the quality and what the product is when it, when, when it comes out, like no matter uh, what. Yeah. I think a lot of people just need to put their, put their own personal bullshit aside and just listen to the comedy, you know, yeah, well, listen to the audience. That's yeah. really it. When you listen to the special, I'm, I didn't add laughs. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't cut laughs in somewhere from somewhere else. You know what I mean? This is a, a legitimate, like this is the crowd. What you're hearing is what you're getting, and it was a great venue. It was a great night, great audience, dude. Where you, you filmed that out of uh, where? A, a little place in Hanford called the Little Brick Theater. Little Brick Theater. Yeah, and it's a it's a small theater, but it, it was a perfect environment for what I was doing. It had the brick wall backdrop. It was an intimate setting. Um, everything was perfect, dude. I mean, it was a magical night for me uh, that I'll never forget. I we did two shows that night. We recorded two shows, an hour for each show. And uh, then from there, we just picked which bits worked, you know, best for me show and all that. But yeah, but it was edited. I mean, my editor, uh, Mike, it was edited so well that it's just seamless. It's just so perfect, dude. And then I got, you know, Trent Babb produced it for me. And Trent does it. Yeah, big shout out to Trent. One of my best friends in the world. He, uh, he did it. He did all, you know, all the production stuff he he put everything together he bought the props for you know what i mean like he bought my towels for the stage he bought you know he he did the lighting he did you know all everything that you needed to do because he's like we call him the soccer mom dude he's the one that comes like he comes correct i love working for his shows the only shows like you show up you know it's going to start on time you know it's going to run on time he doesn't fuck around you know you're going to get a quality show uh you know you're going to get paid which is always, you know what I mean? So I love working with him, and, and so I was proud to have him uh, produce it for me because he carried a lot of the weight. Because I, I really like to put, uh, you know, a lot of the responsibility on other people. I'm very lazy. <laughs> I just want to write and perform, you know? Yeah. What, what is it called whenever you, 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 um, you give tasks to other people? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, fuck. It, it's, no, it's uh, delegation. Delegation. Delegating. Yeah. Yeah, good leadership is delegating, right? Has it been off this whole time? Oh, it just turned off. Oh fuck! Okay. What a fuck! What a. Okay. What a fucking disappointment. I know. At least you caught it, bro. At least you caught it. Yeah, right over here. Yeah, yeah. Shout outs, dude. Yeah. Yeah, take a blink, bro. Take a blink. Take a blink, bro. You deserve it, though. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> Scratch his head. That's how I pay pets and dab pins, bro. Yeah. It's, dab. it's like the doggy treat when you give your dog a treat. Every time it comes, you give him a little puff. <laughs> I, I hold the button down. <laughs> there you go. Here's a bling. Good boy. It's like, this is your Jamie. He's doing great. He's all, he honest, dude. Honestly, yeah. he's doing It's good. Pedro, right? Yeah. You're yeah. the fucking man, dude. He is. He is. He's doing good, yeah. dude. He's doing good. Fuck. Also, he fluffed me, and I didn't even ask for it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, he was giving me a little blowjob before the fuck. It was a little fluff, you know? I was like, yeah. hey, 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 you heard it here, dude. Yeah. This, this is, yeah, he didn't even, like, I didn't even want it. He forced me to. Table <laughs> carry you, Pedro. Yeah. <laughs> Pedro, the mic stand. <laughs> For real. I'm ready to hear your fucking... Yeah, you're going to love it, dude. Yeah. You're going to love Especially it. Especially because I do like your comedy. I was actually going to ask you something off, off mic. Yeah, fuck, I'm going to ask you right now, bro. Yeah. Oh, Turn shit. I must be talking into it. Check the mic. I wasn't talking into it. Here you go. Here we go. 
I'm correct, dog. I know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you forget what you were going to ask? Nah, me? dude. Oh. I was just building the suspense. <laughs> you cut it. <laughs> Would you like to perform at a show that I'm producing November 18th? Yeah. Yes. I'll check when we're done. I'll check yeah, my yeah. Um, schedule, but I'm pretty sure I'm free. What day of the week is that? It's a Saturday, right? Pedro? Yes. Yeah, it's I Saturday. should be able to do a Saturday evening. Where at? It's gonna be uh that the the studio where I where I sent you the first oh, address yeah. is gonna be there. Okay. So it's gonna be real gutter vibes. No, no, it's not. It's gonna like be. That. It's gonna be. I get dirty. I know that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> no. I, I think that you're gonna you're gonna kill with this yeah, crowd, bro. I know you will. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so while we're while we're recording, let's talk pay while we're recording this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, it, it, well, Pedro just fluffed you, Big Duck. Yeah, right. That was for this. Wait, 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 yeah, dude, I'm down. Uh, fuck yeah, fuck dude. Yeah. I uh, just just because I know people are gonna wa- are gonna be interested to hear your comedy, especially after listening to the podcast. So yeah, yeah. How uh, are you gonna drop a clip? I, I brought some clips. I hope you drop those here at some point in the podcast. I, I will. So the I'll like um, I'll make a quick. And edit that's got and in there. I have links to in the in the clips. There are links to. Uh, where they can view. Oh, okay, goddamn, you made my job a lot easier. Yeah. Hell yeah. There's a QR code, I believe, it, or there's at least a, a link to the my YouTube channel. Okay. Oh. Jeremiah Nation Comedy at YouTube, and uh, I also have a website, JeremiahNation.com, which will also have links to the special on there. So those are easy ways to. Who made your website? Squarespace. Squarespace, really? Yeah, I paid the fucking two hundred dollars for the year. Two hundred bucks for a year. Yeah. Just for, is that just for the domain? That's the domain. Yeah, for the domain and the management and all that stuff. Okay, I think that's a that's a very smart power move right there. Like get yeah, yeah. No, because yeah. I, I was shopping around for people to build a website for me, and it was like, Ugh. yeah. Uh, Shout out to my boy Chris. I love appreciate you, big time. <laughs> but yeah, Squarespace is where I, I went. Yeah. You know what it was? Was I didn't want to. I didn't want to bite the bullet, so I just I drank a bunch of whiskey one night and. No. In, in the middle of a drunken thing, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do I'm it. I'm building the website, boys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's me with, holy fuck. I don't need that, dude. Fuck that. I, I, you can't get me drunk enough because I have XNXX. Oh, <laughs> that free I got shit. you porn. It's free, dog. Whatever I want. I know, a little fuck. Oh, Brandy, Christian Bros. Yeah, yeah the Christian Brothers is a yeah. crazy the, one. I, the first time I drank Christian Brothers was in it was in Hyderabad, India. Oh Jesus! And I got a bottle of that, and we put that away, and that was a fucking night. Then we started drinking. We had got some local beers. They're tall bombers, tall bottles. Yeah. of Indian beer, and we were drinking this shit. I don't remember what it's called, but we got fucking looped out dude we got drunk we we're like drinking out of each other's boots and shit oh what a jumping off the fucking b- balcony into the pool oh, at the hotel you know yeah. that kind of drunk shit and then the next day i was talking to our driver and i was like yeah man we we were just fucking really hung over dude yeah and like oh and he's like you you drink that local you know yeah you drink it and i go yeah yeah and he goes ah it's no they have formaldehyde in it i'm like what oh. motherfucker I need to get me some formaldehyde. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, 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 what is this formaldehyde you speak of? I don't of? know if it was true or not, but we were pretty fucking deranged that night, you know? Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, no shit. A whole bottle of Christian Brothers, dude. That yeah, shit well, yeah. That's just, dude, that's just rude. You know, it was one night in the barracks, dude. Uh, somebody got a hold of a bottle. You ever had rumple mints? Rumple mints, no. It's a peppermint schnapps, Ooh. but it's really thick, like syrup. And it's like 110 proof. What do you say? Kind of like Jaeger. Thick, though. Thicker than Jaeger. And clear. It's clear. Oh. But it's like 110 proof, dude. It's strong. 
strong. And me and me and like two other of my buddies drank this whole bottle. I got pictures of me just passed out of the fucking. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh my. Before, <laughs> tell the shit we do the Marine Corps. I went my going away party when I was getting out of the Marine Corps. We went to Hooters in Virginia. Nice. And I got me so drunk they put me in a Hooters girl outfit. Yeah, the little short shorts oh, and the tank top. Fuck, and then hot. my fucking dick was hanging out of the fucking shorts, dude. So they made me put an apron on so that's it would cover awesome, up my dick. <laughs> and I walked around the bar just shit-facing. Everybody was shoving dollars. I have, I have pictures of it on my Instagram. That's fucking hilarious. People shoving dollars all over my clothes and shit. Yeah. I'm just fucking drunk, you know? Dude, fuck, man. And that fucking... Military fucking tan line on your, you know, from your cover, oh, yeah, your yeah, face, yeah. you know. Jesus, you're, oh, you're, you're just tan from the, the from the, the nose down. down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny, dude. Yeah, dude. Fuck. A lot of crazy stuff happens the fucking, whenever you're the, in the, the tan lines on the arm from the camis, you know, like. Oh. Yeah, no, you you were able to do that. I was, um, you were able to do that your whole career, right? In the in the Marines, in the Army. Whenever I was I was getting out, we were I probably was able to do it for like one year. To roll, roll up, yeah, to roll up, yeah, to roll up my um. Well, you guys OCD. roll yours differently too. Yeah. So you guys, uh, your army, right? Yeah. So you guys roll yours so they're green on the outside, mm-hmm. but we roll ours so they're white. They're un- inside. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, yes, yes. And so uh, a funny story about that because I had a um, uh, I had a, a staff sergeant who was in uh, Kosovo. And uh, not Kosovo. I'm sorry, Macedonia. Macedonia. Yeah, Somalia. Uh-huh. In the 90s. And he was a counterintelligence guy. Yeah. He was shot there. He got a Purple Heart. But he, he would tell me that um, uh, when they were there, the the army would roll through these towns in, in Somalia, and they would catch fire. Pop, 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 pop. And they get fire. And the Marines were rolling through. They were getting seeing nothing. They were getting no action. They're like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah. Well, I guess word had gotten out amongst the Somali people. Uh, they they would they referred to Marines as white sleeves. And it, the word was, don't fuck with the white sleeves. Oh, They'll destroy everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You fuck, you fuck with the green sleeves. Don't fuck with the white sleeves. God damn it. Yeah, that will raise the town, mm. you know? Yeah. Mm. Fuck, dude. I, you know, isn't, isn't military life just completely different to civilian life? Obviously. I mean, dude, for so but, many reasons. But I, I miss it, dude. I love the camaraderie that I yeah, had. Yeah. I miss being able to walk through the barracks and you just knock on a few doors and you got a football game going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you got a barbecue going. Oh, dude, And you yeah. all pile into cars and you go out to the fucking bars afterwards, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't get three friends to play pickup basketball with me, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> to this day, dude. You know what I mean? because they're, like, uh, they're not on the gym, I can't right? even find somebody to go golfing with me most of the time. Oh, you know what I mean? A, that's it's a like, tough one, bro. It's like, fuck, dude. I miss that, dude. Like, if you want, I, uh, I'll invite you to play tennis. Uh, I used to play. I used to play racquetball. Uh, racquetball. I used to, you know, indoor in the. You never played racquetball. It's uh, off the wall with the blue rubber. Oh off the, no! And, and you're in a. You're in a. The whole room's a box. You're boxed into this room, and you can hit any wall. And it's fucking awesome, dude. So it just sounds like you're just trying to fucking. It's hardcore, and you're in this room where you're just sweating. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Racquetball's awesome. I used to uh, one of the one of my uh, sergeants, uh, Ibarra. Uh, he was a in high school and and a little after he was sponsored racquetball. Holy and shit! He, nice. So he had a bunch of rackets and stuff that he was sponsored given, and but he was good. But it, we used to go down to the gym on base and just fucking. That, that was a workout, dude. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what gym I was in that had the racquetball. Fucking every gym was, has racquetball. In the mili- uh, Every gym has racquetball courts inside. They double as a basketball usually. Like so a room you go into, and there's a basketball hoop in there, but there's also like just there's the blue lines. You you have to be behind this line to serve, and it has to go past. I, I dude, I'm I, I'm out here reminiscing a fuck about Fort Bragg, dude. There was a lot. Of Fort Bragg is where's that at? North Carolina. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was Virginia, but it is North Carolina. How long were you in Bragg? I was at Bragg for like two years. Okay, yeah. so I was in Quantico. Quantico? Which is probably about three hours from there. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Quantico was in Virginia. Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. So right about forty minutes south of DC. Okay. On the Potomac River. So hey, so so then you landed the job to be um on Air Force One, just Marine be, One, Marine One, just because you were able to um 
how what you do? You, well, you blow? I, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny they they recruited us out of uh, out of MP school. Oh, okay. So they show up there, and the, you know it's like dog. They thought that you were fucking hella disciplined. They thought that you were a disciplined ass soldier or, or a marine or what? Yeah, I mean we, we're performing. You're performing well at MP school. Okay. Physical fitness testing, all that stuff. You know, whatever they come and they do the recruit. Man, which is weird that like they sat me down in a room and there was like a, a master gunnery sergeant and a lieutenant colonel and like you know like all these big rank motherfuckers yeah. in the, from the white house and they're like Jesus. why should you guard the president and you're like uh i shouldn't <laughs> I don't give fuck. Uh, i'm from tulare dude like <laughs> but which is actually one of the things that benefited me was i was i grew up in a small tulare is a small dairy farm community yeah you know, I, I grew up a Portuguese dairy farm family. You know, when I was a kid, man, we would party and stuff. But the cops would show up, they'd dump your beers and you'd go home and or whatever, dude. Yeah. You never got in trouble. So I, I never had any like criminal past. I never got in trouble as a kid. I didn't have any drug problems. And really, you know, getting your SCI clearance is a lot of it is credit. Yeah. Bad credit. credit checks, right. Yeah. You know, so I, I didn't even had any credit yet. So it was hard to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. I was able to get that top secret, the SCI clearance. It's oh, what no. matters the most because they put like, you know, back then, twenty years ago, they were, it was like, forty grand on your background check. Yeah, fuck. So dude. once you get your background, then it's like they, you're so like, gold, oh, you're okay. Golden. This guy, this guy turns out clean. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, so, I'm pretty I mean, sure it wasn't like a fuck it. You probably they probably like expected you to be really high standard, right? Oh, at, at all times, because everything you did. You were a representative of the White House. Yeah. Oh. So I, there were guys that get DUIs. They get kicked out. Oh, yeah. Clearly. You know, DUI. One guy was drunk in D.C. once, and he tried to climb the fence at the White House. What a fucking idiot. And they kicked him. There was like, because it was the next day in the newspaper, was like, White House staff tries to scale fence, you know? What like, an Anything idiot. you do wrong in the newspapers is going to show up as White House staff. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, yeah, dude. I mean, it's like you were held to very high standards. You get a bar fight, you're done. You anything wrong? You 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 don't pay your credit card bill. You're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had a government credit card for when we traveled. Oh, the GTC. Yeah, and so the thing about that was like, uh, you'd have to do travel claims when you get back, and that's how you get reimbursed. Yeah. If you miss one payment on that card, you're done. Yeah. If not just that, if that card is ever used at a time where you're not on a trip, like if you go, if you pay your cell phone bill with it, and then even if you pay it back. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you use it at any unauthorized time, you're done. We had people running scams off of those. Well, so what I would do is like they would be like, okay, you're going to this country. So I would never use my card no, for uh, paying for anything. Yeah. I would draw money out. Yeah. I would be like, okay, well, this trip, you know, they're giving us $1,000 for per diem. Yeah. I'm drawing out 1000 Oh, okay. And then I'll use that cash for whatever the fuck I want. You yeah. Know, nobody's business. If I want to pay my cell phone bill with it or whatever. Mm. And a lot of us would go on the road. We'd be fucking Top Ramen, you know, canned mm. tuna. That's what we're eating. And then the money's just to go party. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about military, So I went to Switzerland. Right? They were giving us like $170 Ooh. a day per diem. Oh, Switzerland must have been a nice one. Dude. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, it was fun. Switzerland, Switzerland, yeah. Switzerland. No, that's no, Amsterdam. Red, that's Amsterdam. Amsterdam's fun. Off. You're not far off, though. This is a, there's a lot of prostitutes uh, in Sweden. Well, practically in all of Europe, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of Europe is pretty. Oh, I mean, all over the world, I would say. But you know, It's pretty much the most prevalent profession in the world. Yeah, right. Yeah. The oldest. Yeah, well, Petro's doing a good job about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But first, got to contact me. no okay that's that's a bit too long on that one what what time are we at peds we're at an hour bro that's pretty good that sounds good you have work tomorrow or some shit i do have a poker game to get to tonight oh yeah i do a late night poker game with my coworkers on wednesdays okay that's gonna be fun dude what's a what's a minimum 25 oh okay We we just do a little tournament 25 it's like six of us Nice. Yeah, oh, and then you know when that, if we want to have a live game after, then it was just cash. We play for cash. So okay, yeah, yeah, I would do. But yeah, we do a tournament and then we play live and whatever, dude. Depends on how much we're drinking or how <laughs> how, how, how much fun we're having. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right, then, guys. That was a fucking sick ass episode of Table Talk with Sal. And 
November second. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, man. You, you distract. God damn YouTube. it, Pedro fucking distracted <laughs> me, bro. I'm gonna need to hit him now, dog. Give me the baby powder, bro. Shit, Jeremiah. Please let the people know where the where the fuck they could get your stuff at, man. Uh, Jeremiah Nation at YouTube. Uh, Jeremiah Nation Comedy at YouTube. Uh, JeremiahNation.com. That will have all the links for all of my social networks on there. Um, November 2nd, 8 p.m. YouTube. My special is called You Dumb Bitch. <laughs> I love it. You uh, dumb You guys bitch. check it out. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome, dude. Fuck yeah. Well, that was Table Talk with Sal, guys. Fuck. I mean, heck yes. I'm going to try. I'm going to stop. Try, I'm going to try to stop. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah, dude. Holla, dude. Should I greedy on them? Greedy on them. <laughs> Deuce. <laughs>